contritely. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a great week. Um, you know, you'd always heard so much about the Rose Bowl, you know, both growing up just as a as a kid, as a fan of, of college football, and then certainly getting into this business. Um, you know, and the great reputation that this game has, and you know, now getting to getting to experience in the week, uh, you can see why. Uh, the venue's incredible. Uh, every detail uh, by the Rose Bowl committee has been taken care of. Question there on the right from Ralph. 
Ralph Russo, the Associated Press, for both coaches, you each, uh, in different ways, stepped into situations that were not rebuilt, rebuilds. Good players in the pipeline at each place. I'm wondering what the challenges are for each of you, plus in different circumstances, of taking over that job when you have good players and kids who are um, not necessarily a rebuild, but you still want to put your stamp on the program. Well, I think in my case, different than Lincoln's, is that it, you know, there's two kinds of philosophies there. There's where you come in and scratch, overhaul, throw everything out because you have conviction that what was done before wasn't working. Then there's you've got to win the players over because they may not see it as there was a problem. They may see it as they were completely happy with winning nine, ten games a year, and that's what I call complacency. And you, you, you've got to be able to make some changes and make them in the right direction to, to turn the program around, whether it's new ideas, new energy, whatever it is. There's different ways to do things, and I think we all realize that. And uh, in our case, that was probably the greatest challenge was not accepting what had been done before as the norm and convincing the players that are on the team that we can do better. We can do better things. We can improve. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do it this way. Well, that may not be the right way in their mind. You've got to convince them it is. And, uh, sometimes that takes more work than just coming in where the team's hungry and more aggressive to learn and listen to what you have to say. Yeah, obviously my situation was a little unique. Uh, probably the biggest challenge was starting early, early June. Uh, that honestly was probably the biggest challenge. Uh, and whatever changes that we did want to make, feeling like you had to, to get them done pretty quickly. And I think there will be some more changes that we make that we felt like because of the timing, it wasn't appropriate to try to you know, change maybe something bigger. Uh, in June, that's maybe something that happens down the line after the season. So, uh, yeah, obviously my situation was different uh, in having our staff uh, in place. A lot of those guys that I've worked with, uh, been a part of, we've had a lot of success together. And so I think for us, it's continuing to build on it, trying to find a few ways to get a little bit better, um, and then maintaining the high expectations that there's always been in Oklahoma. Question in the front, right there. Uh, Murray Poole, Bulldog Illustrated, uh, for both coaches, you mentioned their emotions. Uh, how important is it going to be to uh, set the tempo you want in the first 10 minutes of the game? Yeah, it, it's always important, uh, especially when you, hadn't, when you haven't played in a while. Um, but, you know, is that going to sit there and decide the game? Who knows? Uh, you're going to have, there's going to be ups and downs in this game, just like all games, especially when you play against great competition. Um, and so, certainly you want to start fast, but you're going to you have to be able to hang in there in this game. You know, both teams are good enough. I would suspect both teams are going to have you know, some, some strong points in the game, some runs, and, and how you answer that is going to, to me, going to be a big key in this game. Yeah, I always think it comes back to the response because there's moments they've had this year, we've had this year, past years, big games. You know, it's a momentum game. The college game is such a momentum game. And there's so much emotion involved that uh, a lot of the outcomes are um, dictated by how you handle what happens, not necessarily what happens, but how you handle what happens. And I think that's really important. And both teams have handled that well throughout the year because they both had some tough, tough situations. We have a question up here on the left. Dean Blevins, CBS, Oklahoma City. Kirby, in talking about the quarterbacks and, and yours in particular, you've got, in this game, the, the difference is vast in terms of experience. 
What about leading into it with your, your young guy? Do you talk to him much about the big stage, or do you just assume that he'll continue what he's done this season? Well, good thing for him is he's not playing against Baker. You know, if they're not on the field at the same time, unless we put him out there in defensive back or something, which that would really concern me. So um, I, he doesn't have to do that. The good news is he uh, has done a good job of using people around him to help him. Uh, also, he's played in some really big games this year for us, so he's got some experience. You know, traveling to Notre, Notre Dame the first time, I was a lot more worried about how he was going to respond to adversity to mistakes and things like that. I haven't seen him play throughout the year, play in our conference, play against the championship game. I think he'll have the confidence to respond the right way. It doesn't mean he won't have jitters. Uh, you know, Baker played this game, what, two years ago, I think, and, and he was maybe a sophomore or junior. I'm not sure what year he was then, but you, know, you have to grow through that. You have to use the people around you. But we've made sure he understands that it's not, it's not in a statistical warfare with Baker Mayfield. We know that Baker's a, a very good player. Question in the middle. Right there. Mark Weiser, Evans, Manor. Kirby, you called it a really important game for the program. Uh, at this stage of the season, are you comfortable with the guys being able to handle that and the magnitude of what's out there? Well, I think every game is important to the program. I really do. I think that, that, that every game you play is really important. Obviously, this is on a much bigger stage. And uh, when you start talking about the magnitude of games, I think uh, it's really important the way your structure is built, the way your infrastructure is, the way your culture is, that big games are what your program is built for. I mean, you've been towards this all, all year, all season, and each game only gets bigger. They've been in a must-win situation for I don't know how many weeks now. We've been in a must-win situation for a lot of weeks. So there's been a lot of big games played. So for us, it's another opportunity to go out and play with physicality, play with good composure, and uh, go play the best you can play. We have a question in the center towards the back. James Hale, Sports Talk 1400, the ref, and OU Insider and Mormon. Lincoln, Baker showed up at the press conference yesterday and it sounded good. He thought his voice would be fine. But I'm just curious if today's game, like all the things that go on the signs and you know signals and things like that, uh, if you got horse during the game, would it, would, would it cause you to have to do anything else? Or are the hand signals already there and you're ready to get it? It wouldn't impact the game at all. I won't tell this guy too much about that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're confident uh, in where Baker's at and being ready to play well for us uh, tomorrow. We have any additional questions? Okay, one in the back there from Tom. Heather. Uh, for Lincoln, if you could pick a turning point this season in which you felt most comfortable in your first season as head coach, what comes to mind? Oh, man. I, I don't know if you ever feel comfortable this job. Honestly. I, I think the second you do, you're probably in trouble. Um, and and that's, that's been good. It's, it's, I think, allowed me and our staff, our team, to kind of keep our focus on you know, one game a week. We knew the expectations, not necessarily from the outside, but just within our walls. You know, we expected to be here from second one. And even, even after this coaching change, even after the Iowa State loss, you know, we still fully expected to be here. And so, um, yeah, I don't know that any of us have ever felt comfortable. It's been it's been a must-win attitude for a long time. I, I feel I still feel an immense pressure to, to do my job the very best I can for our team, um, just like I did the day I got the job. So I I, I don't know if that'll ever go away. We have a question here on the right. 
Uh, for both coaches, you guys played at a time before the playoff when the goal of the sport was to get to the best bowl game possible. Do you find with today's players that, especially programs like yours, that anything less than the playoff is considered a disappointment? I don't think you ever want to get to that point because you're going to have a, a large contingency in college football that's disappointed. And uh, I don't think that's fair. I think having played in a system where I got to go to some really exciting bowl games, some of my greatest memories of college football are the three bowl games I got to play in. I think that's a reward for a successful season. Um, to say that some of the bowls may not be out of water now, I can't argue that point, but I can tell you this, if you win eight, nine, ten games and you get an opportunity to go to a, a great bowl game, I think it's a great reward for the players. It may or may, may, or may not have been a, the most successful season you could have put out there for these two programs, which are great programs and great institutions, but I'll be honest with you, it would be very unfair to say we don't need an opportunity for bowl games because so many of these student athletes, they get an opportunity to go out and play one last game, to enjoy the experience, to go places that a lot of our kids have never gone and see places they've never seen. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the best example I can come up with for it is, you know, we were one of those teams that were right on the outside looking in last year, you know, but we won, I think, our last 10 games in a row, won a Big 12 championship, played a really good Auburn team in the Sugar Bowl. It was a big time, you know, heavy hitting game. Uh, last year, we were fortunate enough to win that game, and, and that was a, a memory and a credit for that team, those players that they'll never forget. So. People on the outside, you know, I know certainly put a lot more focus onto this playoff, and maybe it does take away from some of the other goals from the outside perspective, but I can promise you this, every one of our players and coaches laid it on the line last year in the Sugar Bowl and can care less about the playoff at that point. So um, it's certainly always a goal. It's certainly always a place you want to be, but realistically, there's a hundred-something teams out there. Only four of them get in. You're not going to get in every single year. It's just not going to happen. And so... There's still a lot left to play for and a lot of great things for these players that they that they put a lot of hard work in to be able to experience. Another question on the right. Yeah, Mary Trammell with the Oklahoma for both you guys. You play in uh, conferences with distinct offensive cultures. Now you're in a game matched opposite that offensive culture. How tough is that for your defenses uh, that are built to stop a, a, a majority of of offenses to play a certain way, and now you've got to stop a, an offense that plays a different way. Well, yeah, I think there's challenges. Uh, there, there's certainly challenges when you, you play good in a lot of conferences you're not used to playing every single year. Um, you know, I think the good thing for, for us defensively is, at least from our offense, they see a little bit of both. You know, Not that it's exactly like Georgia, it's not. But at the same time, it's not like we're just sitting and dropping back and throwing it 60 times a game from four wides, and that's all they see. So um, I think that's helped us defensively, um, giving us maybe a good a good head start on it, usually to, to seeing some of the run game, some of the physicality, and we're hoping that that carries on. Yeah, I would argue that the two conferences are as far apart as maybe you make them to be. I think when you watch both conferences, the SEC has slowly morphed closer and more spread elements and you look at what Missouri does, what Kentucky does, and you start watching all these other teams. I think Auburn spread, I mean, the, you know, what is spread? We always have that debate. What does a team do? They can run the ball physically. Oklahoma runs the ball. They run the ball and they're physical to run the ball. So are a lot of teams in our conference. They throw the ball really well. They spread you out and uh, make you defend all areas of the field. I think all of us are trying to do that now. 
I just don't see the more traditional I formation boundary, which I think you may be making that synonymous with the SEC, which I don't think the SEC is that way. I think it's slowly grown to be a more of a spread out conference. Probably not the same offensive numbers, obviously, than the Big 12 is, but it's, uh, it's, it's not as big a spare as you think. We have a question in the back left. Yeah, I'm Lincoln Garrett, Emanuel, the Tulsa World. Staying with defense for a second, can you characterize the growth of Kenneth Murray this season and uh, maybe speak to his importance, especially against George's run game on, on Monday? Yeah, no, it's been it's been pretty impressive what the kids have been able to do. You know, as a true freshman, you know, throwing him in there and really he came in early but didn't even play inside backer the entire spring with some depth issues and some other. Some other uh, occurrences, we, we had to make that change. And for him to be able to flip over there and handle it mentally, you know, to stay healthy throughout the season uh, and, and also really become one of our leaders, even though he's just a true freshman, has been really impressive. So his his ceiling is really high. You know, he's only going to get better and better. He's, he's really, really taken some big steps this year. You know, you're not going to find many young inside backers that have the kind, of, the kind of ability that he does. And it's been fun to see that ability um, really start to show up more and more, especially in these big games. Good question here on the right. Coach Jed Bank with the red and black. For both coaches, you mentioned all the extracurricular things that go along with a game like this. How have you been able to strike that balance this week between you know, fun and work and how your experiences as assistants in college football playoff scenarios helped you in planning things out this week? Yeah. Uh, how do you strike the balance? I think I think a lot of it comes back to the plan that you set as coaches. Um, I think making sure they understand the priorities when they come and being able to separate the two, uh, being able to focus in when it is anything that has to do with football, but also being able to, to relax a little bit and enjoy these all these great uh, events that we've had here at the Rose Bowl. And I think a lot of it goes back to your leadership. I, I think they set the tone for the team, and I think if your leadership believes that and Kind of sets the standard that way that the rest of these guys follow suit. Yeah, we just try to keep the main thing the main thing. Question for Coach, the two years that you've been with Nick and Sonny, what have they meant to you? And is it hard to believe that we're in the final stage of their career at Georgia? No, it's not hard to believe we're in the final stage. It seems like they've been there for 20 years. I mean, they've been playing for so long, and uh, they've been such a, a special tandem. They've got such a special relationship, so um, I'm really excited to see those two guys. They've been really focused this week. They're one of the, they're two of the most driven guys on our team. The ones that don't get distracted, the ones that are in every meeting, when they sit in every special teams meeting, even though they're not on it, they're in the front of the room. They're making sure guys are attentive. I mean, they're what you want to be the face of your organization and leadership in your organization. Uh, I give each of them tremendous kudos to the way they managed coming back, being bought in, you know, not being selfish, being patient, uh, and doing a great job of leading our program. Uh, they'll be forever remembered as you know, probably the best duo to play in Georgia. Good question here on the right. Kevin Ward, Sports Animal Radio in Tulsa. Um, it's been a little bit surprising to most fans when they find out that these two programs have never met. And I wondered what your thoughts were when you found out that given the proud history of both programs and all the great coaches at both, that uh, you're making history here uh, tomorrow. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty unique. First thing I thought about was how the hell we're going to stop them. But you know, I wasn't thinking that they had not actually uh, played. When I found that out, I mean, for the storied history and great traditions of other places, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and to be part of that in such a wonderful setting, such an awesome place to play a game, such a rare place for both programs to get to play and then to play each other for the first time, you know, this is uh, really special. Yeah, I would echo that. I, I was surprised, honestly, to, again, with the, the, the history of both teams, how good both teams have been over a long period of time that, that they're never going to meet in. Um, uh, how much does that mean right now? Honestly, not much. You know, that will mean something down the line. But just knew we were getting ready to play a very well-coached team, a great opponent, again, like Kirby said, and you know, one of the best venues, uh, not in just college sports, but in sports period. We have time for two more questions. We have one down the right. This one, uh, Ralph Russo with the Associated Press. Lincoln, your backup quarterback got a lot of attention yesterday because of Baker's situation. How has Kyler embraced, adjusted to the role of being a backup after coming in with you know, some celebrated status as a recruit? Yeah, it's been great for him. Uh, I don't think we could have dreamed up a, a better scenario for him. You know, He probably had more attention coming on him than just about any high school player that's ever played in the state of Texas, you know, which is saying something, and then, you know, goes day and and plays quite a bit for them. And I think it was good for him to, to get here and be able to catch his breath, you know, kind of get under the radar a little bit, you know, have a chance to, to learn from Baker, uh, to really get settled in within the system. And then he's done a great job. He's been one of the best backups this year that I've ever had as far as maintaining focus, uh, being ready to play each week, continuing to improve. Um, especially for a guy that's had some starting experience, that, that that's been pretty impressive. And then, you know, he's been ready when we've called upon him. He's played well in the games, and it's obviously played well uh, when we started him against West Virginia. So, uh, yeah, I've been proud of his development. And you know, he's a guy that I sleep well at night knowing if something happened and it was time for him to play. I don't think I don't think we'd miss a beat. Question the front. Lincoln, we know all about. Uh, Baker's competitiveness. Is it fair to say him coming here yesterday was part of that? And he told the story of seeing you answering questions and deciding to Probably. I, I think more than that is just he's that kind of teammate. You know, he doesn't want guys to have to answer for him, or you know, he I think just kind of wanted to let everybody move past it and see that he was alive and was able to walk and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think it was his way of just saying, hey, here, let's, let's go do it. Let's get past it. Let's get ready.